0: Shelter from the storm. Welcome to the Shelter from the Storm podcast, a daily walk through the Bible with me, Pastor Jason Poling, as we seek shelter in Jesus Christ from the storms of this life. It's a great day to glorify God. This is Pastor Jason Poling coming to you from the Shelter from the Storm podcast. We're in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 today. I'm in the New American Standard Version. And we are on the heels of the context of the previous podcast, which dealt with the story of John the Baptist's execution, his beheading at the hands of King Herod. And ultimately, John the Baptist shows us what the price is for following Jesus. There is a cost to discipleship, and sometimes some of us will pay it to the severe extent of losing our lives, but most of us will usually just be rejected by others. But either way, it's hard to experience this kind of persecution. And so the disciples of John are discouraged in verse 29, taking his body away. And then the apostles, the disciples of Jesus in verse 30, come to him and share what they had been doing in ministry, but also this report of John the Baptist. And I'm sure there was some discouragement in that discussion. But Jesus knows that they need time to rest. He says, come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. Uh, Partly because there were many people coming and going and they did not have time even to eat. They were uh, fatigue, there was compassion fatigue that set in. And that can happen to anybody who ministers the gospel, not just pastors, but any of you who desire to do the mission of God with your sphere of influence and loving people and sharing the hope of Jesus Christ. People will come to you. Some will reject you like that happened with John the Baptist, and that's tough to bear. But also those that come to you and are desperate for help, as we'll see, is like sheep without a shepherd. That can wear on you as well. There's a joy in it, an excitement, but it can fatigue you and Jesus knows this kind of reminds me of the story of Elijah when he's in Mount Carmel and he has the, the glorious victory over the uh, prophets of Baal and he wins this glory for Jesus for God and at the end of it though right afterwards he's despondent he's fatigued he's depressed down at the river Jabbok and what God does to him is he doesn't say snap out of it get up and start doing the work again no he lets them rest at the river and he feeds them uh, through the through the ministration of ravens even. I think that's what God, what Jesus is doing for the disciples here. Just allowing them some time for reprieve, for rest. And, and you may need that. I've needed that before. Sometimes you can begin to feel a burnout in ministry, and, and you need a time just to get away, to clear your head, and rest in the Lord. But it is still hard because the demands keep coming at you. And this is what happens in verse 32. They went away by themselves, but the people saw them, the people were coming after them. Uh, in some ways, uh, the people were acting like paparazzi, uh, but they were desperate for help. And so they're coming to Jesus, coming to the disciples. Verse 34, when Jesus went ashore, he saw this great multitude, and he felt compassion for them. I love that about Jesus' character. He, he feels that way towards you when you feel desperate. Because they, He was compassionate for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, And and many may feel that way right now in this pandemic. A lot of people are feeling uh, destabilized and discouraged and uncertain and confused. And they don't know what authority to turn to to give them guidance because it seems like we've lost all sense of who can actually give us truth amongst all of our authorities, governmental, medical, political, all the different ones. It's been really challenging for people. And I think people across the globe look and feel like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus has compassion on that, great compassion. And what he does to help them is he begins to teach them many things. And I think that's what we do uh, as ministers of the gospel. And again, you don't have to be a pastor to be a minister of the gospel, to share the hope of Jesus Christ. We can begin to teach them many things. And that's why I'm doing this podcast and many other things that we're doing with our content uh, as a staff at Cornerstone Church Uh, In fact, I want to just give you a shout out to some of those places. If you go to our YouTube channel, maybe you're even listening to this on the YouTube channel, but youtube.com backslash C backslash Cornerstone Church of Yuba City. You can also go to our facebook.com backslash Cornerstone YC. Uh, We've got a virtual reality group um, that meets uh, also in the virtual world with our uh, VR headsets. That's another place you can go. We've got a lot of different opportunities for you to connect with digital content every day to encourage you, teaching from multiple angles and from multiple different people with their different gifts and ability to handle the Word of God for you. So there's just so many ways that we want to help you, and, and that we want to help you so that you're equipped to do that ministry for others, to pass on what you learn, and to teach people the many things of God so that they won't be like sheep without a shepherd, but they will know that they have a shepherd in Jesus Christ, a good shepherd that will take them even through the valley of the shadow of death. As we see in Psalm 23, and in this world right now, we feel that very poignantly in this valley of this virus that brings this fear of death, and they need a shepherd. So that's what we want to teach them. And so verse 35, when it was already quite late, so Jesus is teaching them quite a bit here, his disciples come up to him and begin saying, this place is desolate, we're in the middle of nowhere, and it's already quite late. So send these people away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages and get themselves something to eat. And Jesus, there's no Walmart around. There's no subway. There's no, there's no place to get a, a pizza in this place. It's desolate. And Jesus says to them, How many loaves of bread do you have? Go look. And I'm sure when he first said, How many loaves of bread do you have? They had this doubtful appearance. Like, what is that going to help, Jesus? Even if we have a few loaves in our baskets. That's not going to feed them. But he sees that response, which I'm assuming is there, and he says, go look. And they found out, and they said, we have five loaves and two fish. And then he commands all the people to recline on the groups, uh, recline by groups on the green grass. And they recline in, comp- in companies of hundreds and 50s and I think there's something going on here I'm not 100% sure but a lot of commentators believe that there is an aspect to again because of this new nation of Israel this new people of God both Jew and Gentile having faith in Jesus and he's establishing this new kingdom it's kind of like in the Old Testament where they marked off by 12 disciples or 12 tribes uh, and they're positioning um, around the tabernacle as they would travel in the different locations and all the ways in which they would mark them off in the book of Numbers. Uh, and so maybe there's something going on here with this um, breaking out into these uh, groups of fifties and hundreds. But also it may hearken to a sort of um, a vision of sort of a military. Uh, the military would separate itself out in these kinds of squadrons or groupings. And there may be this idea that what Jesus is doing in this new kingdom is he's raising up an army. Not a, not a violent army to take over Rome, physically, which is what the people probably wanted, but a new army, an army of God's love of sharing this new kingdom uh, through Jesus Christ to the world. So that may be what he's kind of telegraphing there to the disciples and to us. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves. And, And that's something important too, that Jesus was constantly giving thanks to the Father. There's this teaching that we need to see in Jesus, that we need to be praying for our daily bread and thanking God for it. And that gives proper glory to God, but it also settles us and helps us realize that we are the children of a great and loving Father who will feed us. It also harkens back to the wilderness time. So much harkens back to that pivotal moment of the exodus with Moses and and Jesus being the new Moses, the better Moses, as we see in the book of Hebrews. That Jesus is looking to the Father and saying, thank you for the manna, for the bread from heaven. And he he takes that, that... That bread gives thanks, and he breaks it, which will, again, foreshadow that Jesus is the bread, right? John 6. And then, of course, in the uh, upper room, when he celebrates the Last Supper, he is that bread that's breaking for the people to feed them, to nourish them. So there's a lot of metaphors here that Jesus is weaving together that we can see with eyes of faith and understanding the whole Scripture. He kept giving them to the disciples these bread. I mean, I I can't even imagine what it would have been like. Uh, and I don't know what kind of bread it was. Maybe it was something, uh, I don't know, Cinnabon, Cinnabons. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But something pretty awesome. And and he kept passing it. And I just can't imagine what the disciples were thinking. Like, where is this coming from? It was truly a miracle to go from five loaves to this endless supply. He gives it to them and he divides up the two fish among them as well. And so that multiplied. And all the people ate and were satisfied. That's key. They were satisfied. Jesus Satisfies us. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist says, "We need to feast on the good provision of Jesus and His life that He gives to us." But here they were satisfied by Jesus' ministry, and they pick, and then the disciples picked up twelve full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. And you can imagine the disciples at the end of this, right? They're they're watching this unfold. And here are these disciples who doubted that Jesus could do this, that God would have the ability to feed all these people. And now they're at the very end of everyone being satisfied and they're holding, each one of them, a basket of leftovers. That must have been humbling for them and jaw-dropping. And I can imagine as they begin to bring those baskets back to Jesus, you know, Jesus just looks at them with this uh, kind of a smile of... Uh, acknowledgement that they finally get it. And, and he's probably he's probably like a loving smile. I'm just speculating here, but I can imagine that was what was going on as they brought those baskets to Jesus and Jesus kind of winks at them and says, see, I am the son of God. And yes, there are difficulties attendant in being a follower of Jesus like we just saw my, my brothers. He's saying, my brothers, you just saw John the Baptist uh, persecuted and killed. You just saw me in my hometown of Nazareth being rejected, but... I am God, I'm the Son of God, and I will take care of you even in your trial, even in your wilderness experience. Trust me, trust me. And so I think it was a huge lesson for them, a huge lesson for us. And of course, the 12 baskets, uh, there's probably something, that 12 keeps coming up in the text of Mark. And I think he's again highlighting that he's starting this new people of faith in the Son of God to begin this new kingdom. And then there were, and then verse forty-four just proves that it was a miracle. There were five thousand men who ate the loaves, and that didn't include the numbering of the women and children. So easily, you know, it could have been uh, if everyone had a wife. Let's say ten thousand. Maybe they have two kids, which is probably more kids than that. Um, that easily goes to twenty thousand or more people. So it's stunning by two lo- two fishes, five loaves. Jesus feeds more than twenty thousand people. It's fascinating. Um, Well, anyway, love you guys. Uh, We'll pick up tomorrow at Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Be encouraged. You have a good shepherd. You are not left alone in the desert with nothing to feast on to satisfy your hunger. Jesus will satisfy you. Turn to him in this time. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for taking a few minutes today to dive into the word of God with me. I always love hearing your feedback and questions. So you can email me at jason at cornerstoneyc.com. Looking forward to continuing the word of God with you as we seek shelter from the storm in Jesus Christ.